that walk, that walk, that walk. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. And away we go. It is time for another episode of Walk and Roll Live. How you doing? Guess who's back? Good morning, folks. It's your pal, Eric. How y'all doing today? Eric Aguilar. Well, first of all, I'm Doug Vincent, and I am a polio survivor, crutch user for years, and transitioned into a wheelchair over the last 20 years or so, and uh, glad to be here, and welcome to you. Now, what's your story, sir? How you doing, guys? My name is Eric Aguilar. I have cerebral palsy, and I'm a walking uh, stick user. Now, you were gone last week on a special assignment. Tell us about your special assignment. Well, throughout the year, I'm going to be finishing off the um, certificate programs that I've been trying to complete since uh, COVID. And for some of them, I'm one class away and then an elective to complete the certificate program. And after November and December coming this year, I'll be completing another program. So the year is going to be revolving around me finishing up all the courses that I started in the virtual world in person and most of my teachings. Very nice. Now, either online or what hybrid oh gotcha that's right you've got a a hybrid deal coming up with possibilities right mm-hmm. so you've been working on that yes sir and what else there was something else it seems like i'm also the new member trainer for the united states coast guard auxiliary one of my good buddies that uh, transferred out to tustin uh, last year and i miss him already but the great news is i talked to my uh, superior and said, hey, I want to take over as member trainer. And he says, all right, man, you got it. And I'm going to enjoy it because it'll give me more opportunities to teach because I love teaching. Absolutely. All right, so uh, got all that uh, kind of business stuff out of the way. Haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. What are the uh, what are the Eric Aguilar highlights in your life? What's, what's going on? I've been doing all right, you know, just trying to get back into shape, be, spend more time with family. And what does that consist of? What what, what uh, have you done with the family? Yeah, reconnect with them. Catch but, up. Right, right. But, uh, I mean, have you gone on, on any outings? What have you done? Any stories come out of the last two weeks? Well, um, last week uh, during uh, Valentine's Day weekend, we hung out with um, my other uh, father-in-law-to-be and my fiance. Very nice. You do something romantic with the fiance? Mm-hmm. We basically, you know, went to lunch and then went shopping and, there was a movie we wanted to see, but it wasn't during the daytime. And I said, oh, shucks, don't worry, dear. We'll catch it either on the seminar at the house or on a different time. Very nice. Very nice. Well, this this you, past week, um, I kept busy myself. It, it, it's been a busy couple, three weeks. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. But I went to a, a, a sports festival, disability sports festival expo in Burbank. Went and hung out with the guys from Live to Roll. Uh, it was cool. Very cool. A lot more cities doing that. Ranch Cucamonga had one this past year, and there's more of those popping up. So going to try to make those, of course, uh, Abilities Expo coming up in a couple of weeks, which we're going to go hang out at. And we're kind of working on something special to do at the Abilities Expo. We'll see if we can we can pull it off. Uh, I haven't, haven't even told Eric about it yet. Um, so I went to the, uh, the 
the sports festival was over in Burbank. So I pull in and, you know, I got to give kudos to them because they, they kind of uh, took a big portion of the regular parking lot and set it aside for disabled parking. Of course, they're having a dis disabled sports festival. There's going to be a lot more disabled bands, that kind of thing. So I uh, went through there, but that was full. And uh, so I found a little parking lot uh, nearby and then rolled in. But before I got a chance to do that, this is a, this is a walk and roll live exclusive. Um, I go to transfer out of my van. I have a van. And for those people that don't know, um, it's got an electric seat that it'll, there's some toggles on it and it has three movements. It'll go back and forth and it'll back away from the driving position, probably a good 15 to 20 inches. And then it goes up and down and then it swivels sideways. Right. So, so when I get somewhere, I go all the way back and go down and swivel to the side and I transfer into my chair, which is just right then there. There's no second row of seats in the van. And so there's a big platform. That's where my chair is. And I transfer into the seat. Well, my, for whatever reason, uh, I have a quickie and, and it has these kind of compression brakes and they have been popping out for some reason. And so when I go to transfer in the chair, I, I don't know if it had done it already or if it popped right then, I don't know. But all I know is the chair pivots. It does like a quarter turn away from me. And, you know, I've got my hand on it. And it I, so I just basically tumble to the floor in the van. I hadn't opened the door yet. So I just tumbled down, you know, and you take a moment when something like that happens uh, to assess things, you know, did, did anything hurt? No, I don't feel any. And, and as you're going down, it, it's kind of slow motion, right? Because you're, you're, you're like, okay, hopeless goes well. I'm bumping this way. I'm going that way. It's kind of slow motion, but, but I got to the ground and everything was fine. So I took a minute just to kind of gain my thoughts and like, okay, now what? <laughs> because I don't really have the upper strength anymore to get back in my chair from the floor. So I, I just, like I say, I just kind of sat there for a moment and just kind of assessed the situation, gather my thoughts. And I thought, okay, if I can get up to my knees, I think I can get up on the chair. And thankfully there's a little bit of a, a platform right next to the door, about eight to 10 inches high that I think uh, hides some of the mechanics of the sliding door. So that gave me a little upper lift. So I got on that, put one hand on the chair, my right hand on the chair, left hand on this, on this little outcropping and pushed up and got myself up on the chair. So I'm laying with my chest on the chair. Okay. I got one step done. Now I've got to like kind of turn around and get myself up so I can then transfer from the back seat onto the chair. And, uh, you know, I'm grabbing on things. And, and I, I felt like a beached whale there for a little bit. But, you know, and I'm like, okay, whatever we do, don't slide back onto the floor. Because I'm just barely hanging on there. So I I, I finally did uh, get up and, uh, and, and get back into the chair and did my ta-da, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, you know, wow. I, I, I could have called the guys from Live to Roll. They probably could have gotten somebody over there. I get up thinking of this on my, don't panic. You know, don't don't lose your mind. You know, worst comes to worst, I could have called 911 and the firemen could have come and, and picked me up and all that. Yeah, but situation that I was into when I had a wheelchair, Doug, not to interrupt yeah. you, but I remember years ago when I had a quickie of my own, it was the time of my life. I mean, I used to do donuts in that chair. I used to pop wheelies <laughs> in my chair. I mean, I've been breaking just fine. And, what I did, what I realized that I went too fast, and I kind of leaned back, and 
Thankfully, I had my seatbelt on because if it wasn't for the seatbelt, I would have fell. I would have uh, fell out. And the seatbelt kind of said, well, so here I am, you know, hanging upside down for a few minutes. And I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to get back up? So what I did was I pushed forward and I landed the wheelchair back, back, back forward again. Nice and easy and kept going on my way. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. If you're a wheelchair user, you, you, you take a tumble on that thing at some point. You know, the very first time, this is when I began the transition and I first got the wheelchair. And I used to get it when I first got it. That's what I used to do. I say I transitioned. Well, I was still walking on crutches, but for long days, like if I go to Disneyland or something like that, I would get in the chair. So we get in the, in the chair and I'm with my family and we're, we're cruising all over the place. We go to the haunted house. Well, any older rides like that at Disneyland, you, they have accommodations that you go in the exit. You know, they have back ways to get you in. Right. So, so we go in, we do the whole ride and I'm coming out and I've got, I've got a backpack on the back of my wheelchair and probably some other stuff from the family. And I've got my crutches. I have a little, I had a little holster kind of thing that I put my crutches in. So I'm kind of weighted towards the back anyway. And as we come out and if you've ever been to Disneyland, there's a place where the line is outside and it's kind of winding around. Well, there's a place where it winds by a little walkway that comes up to it. Well, I come up to that as we're coming out and there's got a little chain across it with a clip kind of in the middle of it. So I go through first and I go to hand the, the two sides of the, the chain over my shoulders to my wife at the time who was in the back. And, and I, so I'm leaning back, holding it, uh, handing it to her. And I go over on my back with, you know, they're in the line at Disneyland where there's hundreds and hundreds of people all watching as I go over on my back, you know? And I think that was probably the first time I had experienced that, you know, and I had to do it in front of hundreds of hundred people, but it was funny. There was a guy standing there. He, he kind of points over at my wife. He said, I saw her do that. I saw her knock you over. <laughs> like, no, she did not. So yeah, it's, it's inevitable, you know? And yeah, and I've, I've been over many times, but then, I'm glad you survived yours as well there, Eric. <laughs> you know what it's all about. So that's, uh, I think that was a big part of it. Um, you, you know, what other thing I was, uh, I, I, I'm getting a new wheelchair. I think I might've mentioned it uh, here a week or two ago, but I, they, call, they called me, uh, the company that's getting it for me, and I'm ordering it through, and they had to schedule me for a wheelchair clinic which I don't understand. You know, if, if you're a wheelchair user and you've done this or you know anything about this, uh, share with me. I've, I've been using a wheelchair for 20 years. Why do I need to go to a wheelchair clinic? I, I have a feeling that most people who are full-time wheelchair users probably could teach the people who are teaching the clinic, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know. You know, I'll, I'll be going to that probably within the next month or so. Also, I'll, I'll give you an update. So speaking of wheelchair clinics and all that kind of thing, we're talking with Lou Schomer from Abilities Expo today. And uh, stay tuned. It'll uh, tell us all about what's uh, kind of the history of of the Abilities Expo, which is cool. And then uh, how it grew, all those things. And, and then what we can expect for this year. So if you're planning on going to the Abilities Expo around the country, the first one coming up April, I'm sorry, March 15th through 17th, at the LA Convention Center. Uh, he'll give you a little heads up on what you can expect. So we'll do that next, right, Eric? Yes, sir. We'll be right back, folks. 
Introducing Aguiar Professional Training, where we believe your greatest asset is your team. Investing in their development, knowledge, and happiness is crucial for the success and growth of your business. To reach new heights, you need to hire smart, talented individuals and empower them to work in their areas of strength and passion. At Aguiar Professional Training, we're dedicated to helping your employees become happier, more productive, and fulfilled because when your team thrives, your business thrives. We can help your workplace work better. We offer customized workshops and one-on-one coaching to help teams and leaders build trust and have better communication. We also offer strategic planning sessions among other services. Elevate your team with Ugyar Professional Training. And we are back. I'm Doug. Eric is here as well. And today we talk with Lou Schomer from Abilities Expo. I'm Lou Schomer. I'm chairman of Abilities Expo. I'm able-bodied. We've been involved with the disability community for over 15 years when we bought Abilities Expo in 2008. You're answering some of our questions already, I think. Yeah, I was was curious when it started because I when I first went to it, it was in uh, Anaheim. It was right. that you guys? Right. Our first show, once once we purchased Abilities, was in Anaheim. Um, the, the show actually started in 1979 by Rick and Pat Wooten. And Rick was a, a polio uh, survivor. Well, okay. And, and so um, he had a problem trying to find products and services. And he and his wife decided that what they should do is bring the product and services to one place and make it easy for people to shop. And so they started Abilities in 1979, and the first show was actually in Anaheim. In Anaheim, okay. And, and that's another question I had, you know, how, how this all got started. And that sounds like a version of kind of what was going on in my mind, that, that somebody needed product services and wasn't able to find them and thought, I, got, I guess I got to do it myself, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and then then uh, Pat, and, Pat and Rick um, sold abilities um, to a company called ExpoCon. Um, and it was a, a guy by the name of Fred Favada who lived in uh, Connecticut. And he had four or five other shows, um, but he really liked the concept of abilities. Um, and then it stayed with Fred for a while. And then Fred sold his whole portfolio to a company called Advanced Star, which was a major, major um, producer of, of trade shows throughout the the world, actually. Okay. And this was this was just a small portion. And then somebody did a leverage buyout, um, and Questex was the uh, remaining uh, company that Abilities was attached to. Uh, and then we bought Abilities from Questex. So it's it's had a lot of different owners. Um, we're the last one. We've been with it for 15 years. You know, it's grown so much since I first visited that uh, Abilities Expo in Anaheim. I think when I went the very first time, probably 50% of the hall was uh, with vehicles that had been modified for transportation. You know, but over the years, that's a maybe less than a quarter of it. Now you've got so, so many uh, products and services and adaptive sports and seminars and workshops and all of these different things. Can you, can you tell people, uh, you know, maybe give a, like a kind of an overview 
for maybe people that haven't gone and uh, and then tell us what we can expect this year. Well, it, it, it's really a, a one-stop Costco, basically. Um, you've got all sorts of products and services, um, and we encourage smaller companies to come in. So we, we, we have a, um, uh, a price for people who are first-timers, new businesses that can't afford really to, to spend the money um, that it would cost for a regular booth. So, and, and the object is that if you're a small business this year and we give you a first-timers rate, um, next year you're going to come back and you're going to be a bigger company. You'll be able to afford coming to the show. So we encourage first-timers. Um, we encourage uh, nonprofits, government agencies, um, because that adds value to the show. And it's a lot of the little purpose-built types of products that people usually start making in their garage only because of need. Right, uh, yeah. Somebody says, you know, boy, if I could have something like this, and they're, they're an engineer or they talk to their neighbor and they're an engineer, and somebody comes up with a widget and says, boy, this is great, and then they tell their friends about it, and all their friends say, this is great, why don't you manufacture it? And all of a sudden you have a business. Yeah. You know, and my I, brother and I, we both had polio. And when we were kids, you know, all of our friends are riding bicycles and 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 we're dreaming in our minds of, you know, th there's got to be a way to do that and where we could pedal with our, our arms. And, you know, we didn't have that ability or a talent to, to engineer something like that. And then I think it was not until I was like 40, closing in on 50, before I saw the first hand cycle. So, and I think... You know, and not to not to say that like when I first went, it was half vehicles. That's that's I think partly because there wasn't a whole lot of those kinds of products and services out there. And and now the innovation has just started to explode. And there's there's new things every year. You could speak to that more than I can. Yeah, we get. Uh, it's interesting. I probably get three to four inquiries a week. And now, don't forget, we do seven shows. Yeah. So um, I have somebody in Phoenix who says. You know, I've got this widget and I, I've started the business and I do this, that and the other thing. And I'm interested in your Phoenix show. Well, if the widget works for somebody in Phoenix, it might also work for somebody in New York or L.A. or in in in, um, uh, in, in Fort Lauderdale. So that's how these start. And that's why we attract smaller businesses to come in. And post pandemic, I mean, I, I, I've seen more small businesses and more unique products Somebody has a product, this happened this week, which is a, a roller um, board, which a mechanic would use um, to fix a car. And he said he's electrified it so that you can roll under a car, but let's say you're not fixing a car, you're fixing a plane or you're fixing something which would require you to uh, articulate up to a 45 or, or uh, 45 or 50 degree angle. So you can roll under and then you can articulate up and it's uh, actually a seat. Yeah. From a lying position, you can come into a seating position. It's a product that we haven't seen before. He invented it because he he said um, seniors who want to work on certain things who have arthritis and they can't move as flexibly as they used to, uh, this is an ideal thing for them. Yeah. He said, would that sell at our show and i said absolutely because there's lots of uses and and i said the only thing you're missing is a seat belt <laughs> <laughs> well you know and that's something we talk about all the time too is that everybody's going to age into disability 
you know, and, and I have people that, you know, I say that too, and they scoff at me. And I think our listeners have probably heard me say this before, but, you know, I, I tell somebody who's 60, closing in on 70, okay, do a somersault for me, <laughs> you know, if you're not disabled, you know, and that's a form of it. I think they think it's, you know, they're totally immobile or, you know, I don't know what their their uh, idea and their mind is of being disabled, but just to do less than you once were can also qualify as that. And so those kinds of aids, yeah, can help somebody that's, you know, just a little uh, uh, more advanced in age and, and still can't do those things. We, we had a guy in Chicago and um, he invented basically one of these tools that um, you, you press on a handle and you can pick something up. And, and it's, it's something like Ooh. two feet or three feet. Um, and he invented one that was half that size, or he developed one that was half that size. So you could pick something up if you're sitting in a chair and you just had to reach down, it wouldn't be as long. So he came to Chicago and he had something like 300 of each. And by Sunday morning, when we opened at 11, by one o'clock, he said, I've got to leave because I don't have any more inventory. Wow. Purpose built. And yeah. he originally built it to pick up dog poop. He went to a dog show and he sold like 50 of them at the dog show. And and then he came and somebody said, no, no, no you ought to go to Abilities Expo because people would love that. Sold out. That's amazing. You never know. You never know. So do you have... Uh, some new things this year that you think that are you predict might be a big seller. We um, we're, we're always getting different yeah. things, and and um, we we get enhancements to original equipment. You know, a few years ago there was a thing called Smart Drive, and yep. Smart Drive was a little motor that you put under a manual chair, and all of a sudden you had a power chair. Um, and they were in business for about five years, and of course then Permobil bought them up. Well, originally the smart drive cost about twenty five hundred bucks. Now Permobil's got it, and it costs about two hundred or six thousand dollars. But it's much more sophisticated now. So the joystick works better. Um, the batteries work better. So the enhancements on what originally was a good idea are much better today. So you see lots of enhancements on different types of equipment. And we work with a, a um, an organization called NCART uh, for their advocacy organization for complex rehab. And last year, um, they they've been trying for they've been trying for five years um, to get um, um, height uh, elevation on chairs approved by Medicare. And it took five years, and they finally got that done because. People with complex uh, rehab, you know, they would like the ability to elevate their chair, and obviously, through the, through using economics by going back to Medicare, going back to the politicians who make these decisions, we said somebody who can do that doesn't necessarily need a carer as much as they would before because they're able to go up and down. Yeah. To us, it's practical. Why didn't they do it before? Politicians. <laughs> Politicians. Politicians. <laughs> you know, I, I went a few years ago and I, I saw, I can't remember, one of the big gamers, Xbox or, or one of them. And I was I was interested to see them there. 
And so I was talking with a representative and they, yeah, they said, we have a full on, you know, uh, push on trying to add accessibility to all of our games. So, you know, they were bringing it there to show some new innovations that they had. And I know uh, Eric's, Eric's a gamer. He plays a lot of Wii. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Nintendo Wii is really good exercise and good bonding time with me and my father-in-law. We like bowling. We like golf. We like boxing. Uh, 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 what's it? Uh, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong. Uh, it's hard to be uh, about about about. It's the game where you uh, with a bunch of uh, the balls and you have to like. Um, oh, bocce ball. Little... Yeah, bocce ball. Bocce Thank ball. you, Doug. Well, it, it's it's interesting. We had Sony Xbox at one of our shows, and then we had Microsoft at one of our shows, and we've never seen them since. Hmm. And gaming is huge. In yeah. the disability community, absolutely huge. Yeah, and and the reason is we haven't found the right executive who's got either a family member or a friend who has a disability. They don't have that connection, right? Yeah, and and trust me, we try all the time. There's no question they should be there because when Sony was there, I mean, they were crammed. You couldn't mm-hmm. get in the place. They had four <laughs> stations, and everybody wanted to play. Yeah. Heck yeah. One of these days. Don't give up. I'm sure oh, no, you'll connect with that right person, right? We don't give up. No. <laughs> it's free, right? First of all. It's free. Um, when we bu- when we first bought the show, um, there was an emission charge. And um, the, the previous owners gave coupons to exhibitors. So exhibitors would do a mailing um, and they'd say, if you bring in the coupon, it's five dollars, two dollars off, or whatever it was, and we said that's nuts because in, in 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 a lot of the places that we go to, the convention center charges parking. Yeah, and we didn't think it was right for people to pay to come and see the Abilities Expo, so we don't charge for anything. However, when you're in a big city and you're using the convention center, for instance, when we first started at LA Convention Center, parking was five bucks. Today it's twenty bucks. Twenty, yeah. So I was going to say, it, yeah. if there's a Lakers or a Clippers or a Kings game, it's twenty-five bucks. So we have no control over that. Yeah. So we tend to try and go to areas, and and then we have a catch twenty-two. We want to be in the center of everything so we can get more people to come there. If we go outside of the center, then some people can't go there. Um, there's no public transportation. Uh, for instance, we're in, in Chicago, we're in Schaumburg, which is eight miles from O'Hare and about 15 miles from downtown Chicago. The problem is that the metro and access doesn't go out to Schaumburg. So we have to run a shuttle uh, from the station um, at O'Hare to Schaumburg just so that we can accommodate people. Yeah. So that's a problem where we'd like to reach more people but we can't use McCormick Place because it's huge. The, the smallest place, the smallest hall that we could get at McCormick Place is two and a half times more than we need. Wow. Because you guys use a pretty good sized space. We, we need 100,000 square feet. Yeah. Have you, have you looked at Ontario Convention Center? We did, actually. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when we first started in business, um, we were going to do a joint venture with the people who were running Ontario. Um, and then they tried to do something on their own, and we didn't really like that, and it wasn't very successful. 
So the answer is, yeah, we, we looked at it, but it didn't work out for us. The other thing is that if we were in Ontario, we wouldn't be able to get that major number yeah. of people who, who were coming into Los Angeles. So you can come in from Ontario to Los Angeles, but people aren't going to go from Los Angeles to Ontario. That's that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, also, uh, there's pre-registration, uh, not necessarily necessary, but but uh, maybe talk a little bit about the advantages. I will. It, it, it's very interesting. Five years ago, pre-pandemic, maybe five, six years ago, um, 20% of our people came in through the internet and 80% were registering on, on site. So we decided, okay, let's have a pre-registration. And it doesn't cost anything to get in, but what we said was if you pre-register, then what'll happen is we'll put you in a in a um, priority line so that you'll be able to get in faster. And we also do direct mail. So anybody who's been to the show in the last three years and has left us a physical address, we send a postcard to. And we say, bring in this postcard for priority access. So originally we did it as a marketing thing so that the, 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 the motivation was you get priority entrance. Well, because technologically, we, we've advanced the way that we can process people. So there are very few lines. The first time that we did LA, um, there was a line outside to Figueroa Street. And if you know the convention center, we probably had five or 600 people in line and we couldn't process them fast enough. Wow. Well, today, because of the pre-registration, all you do is give us a name. We look it up in the computer. We give you a wristband, you're in. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a line, you know, longer than <laughs> 20 or 30 people out the, the door right there to get in. Yeah, so it yeah. goes much so, quicker. I, I think that's another byproduct of of the, the pandemic with forcing, you know, people that maybe didn't want to adopt the Internet. But, you know, if they wanted to talk to their grandchildren, you know, they had to learn how to do Zoom and things like that. So I think they've kind of overcome that fear and now they're utilizing it a lot more. Well, well. Just after the pandemic in, in 22, we had the problem where um, you still had to wear a mask to come into a L.A. County facility. Yeah. Um, you had to show proof of vaccination um, or we wouldn't let you in. So we had three or four levels of, of, of security. And, and because pre-pandemic, we had security problems with people coming in with guns and everything else. Thanks. So we had to check that. We had to check bags. So post-pandemic, we had security for basic security safety. And then we had this extra added burden of masks and vaccines. So people had to wait in line. Yeah. And that was that was a bit of a nightmare. Um, we don't we don't have that anymore, although the county um, has just mandated that going into any hospital facility, you have to wear a mask. Yeah. We hope that that doesn't happen into the county facility, such as our show, because people don't like wearing masks. And it's no. difficult to sell when you've got a mask on and you're talking to somebody with a mask. So, well, And there's been so many studies that have been released now that say they don't do a, a whole lot of good. So there's a whole lot more pushback now right yeah. and 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 it's interesting because in 20 
one, when we started going, started doing the shows again, we didn't do any shows for 20 and half of 21. And then in 22, I mean, we'd get calls. Do you need a mask? Do you need this? Do you need that? And we say, we, we follow all of the protocols set by the city, by, by the venue, by the city, by the county, by the state. So whatever they say, we do. Yep. Got to be safe. So let, let's talk about some of the, the things you, you're going to see when you go to the expo. I know a bunch of workshops. What do you have on store for us? Well, we do a lot of different types of workshops, uh, building an accessible home, building an accessible room. Um, one of the favorite ones is um, when is the time to get a service animal? Uh, that That's that's a big one. Oh. Uh, for the events, we have different athletic events. We have Angel City Sports. They've got a huge presence this year. So you can leave your kids with Angel City Sports. We have ping pong, basketball, tennis, everything in a very confined area with people from Angel City Sports who will take care of your child. Yeah. So um, that's one thing. We have a climbing wall. Um, everybody loves the climbing wall. Uh, so anybody, if you're in a chair, um, if you're ambulatory, um, Whatever your disability is, they will be able to get you onto the climbing wall. And then you have to pull yourself up and, and then ring a bell at the top. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a great attraction. Yeah. Um, we have wheelchair dancing, the roulettes, who are very, very popular. They'll be here this year. So we've got lots of different events, lots of different workshops. Um, the information, how to travel with a disability is a big one. Um, so any anybody who wants to find out the workshops or the events and come to any specific event, all they have to do is go to www.abilities.com. We have a list of the workshops, a list of all the events, times, and everything else. We, you were talking about travel. Did, I think I saw that Accessible Go is going to be there. Yes. Right? Yeah. We had them on a few weeks ago, and I, uh, I saw today where they're going to be there. So we'll have to go and, and see them. I'm I'm using their website now. I'm going on a cruise this year, so I'm, I'm going on a Caribbean cruise, so I have to look for a flight to get there and a hotel to stay there before I get on the boat. It's like, I need a travel agent. <laughs> now, now, do you take your chair with you, or, or do you have a scooter? Yeah, I, I'm going to take the manual chair. Yep. Yeah. And will you have something like a smart drive? I do have a smart drive, yeah. yeah. So it, it's been giving me a little trouble lately, so I'm I've, I'm in the process of getting a new one, so hopefully it'll be here before the well, cruise. But well, you know, you know, I, if you bring it to the show, Permobile repair it for you. We have a complete repair center. Oh, okay. All so right. Have, Definitely, have, I bring it. We have three cool. repair centers. Sunrise repairs. Uh, they're the official repair, wheelchair repair. We have Frog's Legs, who have done wheelchair oh. repair for us forever. And then Permobile will do anything on their own equipment. Excellent, excellent. Uh, more than seven of, for us to go. So uh, it's uh, the first one is coming up in March fourteenth uh, through sixteenth uh, in Los Angeles. Fifteenth through the seventeenth. Fifteenth through almost, the seventeenth. Almost got it right. Got it. And then there's there's uh, six other cities. What are those? Cities. So we go from L.A. We go to um, New Jersey, just outside of New York. We call it Metro New York, but it actually is New Jersey, and it's in the middle of a industrial estate um but it's been there for 40 odd years so people know where it is and last 
was the largest attendance we ever had. Wow. In 15 years. Um, parking is free there. Um, it's a great facility. So we do, do really well in, 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 uh, in New Jersey. Then we go to Chicago. We're actually in Schaumburg. Um, we're in Houston, almost downtown at the NRG, which is where they had the Michigan Washington, uh, national football game. Um, then from Houston, we go to Phoenix. Um, we're actually in Scottsdale. Um, then Fort Lauderdale, then Dallas. So full schedule. Yeah. Should be one near you. Also, I don't, I don't know how much you can speak to this, but I know this has been a, a, a kind of a, a growing uh, market is, is cannabis for like pain control and those kind of things in the disabled community. There's going to be somebody there that. We, we've got two or three vendors who sell CBD. Some of them do THC, but they don't do that. Well, they can't bring it at, at, uh, to the show. Yeah. They can hand out, hand the, uh, hand out samples of CBD. Um, I'm a great believer in CBD. I use CBD. Um, our dogs do CBD. So the only problem is that CBD is not really regulated. And you don't really know whether 500 milligrams or 1,000 or 1,500 milligrams is what you need. So for somebody who wants to take CBD, rather than listening to the salespeople, if you do your research, you'll be able to see where the CBD comes from. Um, you certainly want it to be organic. Um, and, and, and our vendors are very good that way. They, 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 they have all natural organic stuff. They'll tell you exactly where the, where the, um, um, the plants are grown and how they manufacture it. So, um, CBD is, is really interesting. And one of the workshops we used to have, I don't know if we have it this time, was um, how to use medical marijuana. So that goes beyond CBD into THC. Yeah. And, and that was very well attended. Uh, you know, from the little research that I've looked into, there's there's so many different kinds. You know, there's, there's kinds that will address, you know, your maybe sleep issues or pain issues without without the, you know, getting you high, you know, so there's just all kinds of information out there that you can learn in there. They seem to be very knowledgeable. So. And, so, and a, lot, a lot of the CBD manufacturers will mix um, uh, melatonin um, in with their CBD. So that's a natural sleep aid. Yeah. Um, but buyer beware, you really have to read the instructions. You have to talk to the people and make sure that you know what you're getting. A uh, nice addition, too, is that, that you usually have some food vendors there, so you don't have to go off-site. Um, that's that's supplied by um, um, by the L.A. Convention Center. Uh, or all of our convention centers have some some type of, of um, um, service where they have food. Yeah. Some of the food is absolutely atrocious. Some of it is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's industrial food. But yeah. if you stay with your salads or your wraps, um, in New York, for instance, we get local vendors. Uh, one does empanadas, which is fabulous. Um, David and I usually love ice cream vendors, but we don't get that many anymore. No. Uh. Doing some places we don't. <laughs> so also, um, there's uh, be prepared if you'd like. Uh, there's a lot of hands-on kind of demonstrations you can do. Yeah, you know, adaptive sports. You can you can play tennis. You can you can get a feel for some of these things. 
Yeah, every one of the sports events um, will encourage people to come out and try. So whether it's tennis, um, we've had fencing, um, we've had uh, murder ball, rugby. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, and um, soccer, basketball. And we encourage people to come out after the demonstrations because these are all local clubs. And and obviously, the, the clubs want more members. And for people who come to the show for the first time and think, you know, boy, I used to do this and I can't do it anymore. It opens their eyes and says, well, actually, you can. Yeah. So this is something that you may be interested in. We had, um, I don't know if they'll be here this year, but we had um, a group that was blind hockey. Hmm. And they played with a puck that had um, um, rattles in it. So you listened to where the rattle was coming from. Interesting. You know, I, I, I've reached out to him and I'm trying to get him on the show, but there is a gentleman. I don't know if you've seen him, uh, Brian Bushway, I believe is his name. And he is a blind mountain bike competitor. And somehow he does it. What do they call it? It's like a echo. He, he, I mean, this guy is riding through trails that are between trees blind. Yeah. And he does and he does it with some kind of an echo system that he's he's uh, I can't say he's developed it necessarily, but but he certainly has owned it. And you know, he's a champion at it. So I'd love to to get him on. We we had a Paralympian um blind archer and uh in Chicago. Uh and she would set her her husband would set her up um and then uh she she would have some sort of a form that she would lean against and she'd get a bullseye three out of four times. Is that right? I mean, it was just amazing. <laughs> aye, aye. In, incredible. So, so, go ahead. You know, we see things like, we, we see people with um, TBIs um, climbing the wall. And when you look at them, and you can see them thinking their way through. How am I going to get the next one? And and it's amazing because their their motivation and their adrenaline is such that they want to achieve it. And then when they come down, they've had an experience that they never thought they'd absolutely have. Yeah. They never thought they could do this. And so that feeling of accomplishment is wonderful. And 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 we see that at every show. It's, yeah. it's I've I've seen that too, you know. With uh, I, I used to play murder ball rugby, and and you know, you bring somebody in who, who especially somebody that's newly injured, and, and they they're just dejected. They think their life's over, and you know, they they come in and they play play a little bit of of rugby, and it's like a whole different person leaves that came in. It's it is amazing. It's it's uh, and I'm sure rewarding for you. Well, we get we get the statement of when I come to Abilities Expo, I see more people that look like me than outside. Yeah, yeah. And then and then there's a comfort factor. So if people feel comfortable because people look like them, yeah. it's not like everybody's looking at me. And and so I think that that feeling of belonging 
lets them really be themselves. And then they participate in lots of activities, which they never would have done on their own. Yeah, that's the way I feel. These are my people whenever I'm at the Abilities Expo. So any uh, any maybe last bits of advice as people are gearing up to go to the show this year? I'm early, stay late. Uh, <laughs> we, have, we have free loaner scooters. Um, so anybody who wants to come in, um, all they have to do is leave their driver's license or some form of identification. Um, the scooter is theirs till the show. That's a nice feature. We, we have uh, ASL interpreters for uh, people who are hard of hearing or deaf. Um, lots of service animals. So it, it's open to everybody. We have products for just about everybody, every type of disability. It, it's a great place to network, talk to other people. Uh, it's a great place for entertainment, information, and then for whatever you need or you didn't even think you needed. Yeah. You're going to see it there. That's a big one right there. Yeah. You, yeah. You go in there and, and you're, you're stopping at every booth just to see what is this? Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know I needed that, but I need that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And don't forget yep. to pre-register. That'll help you a lot that day that you go. Yep. Yep. All right. Lou Schomer, thank you very much uh, from Abilities Expo for uh, carving out a little time of your day and uh, speaking with our listeners. We appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, Doug. Really appreciate it. Eric, thanks a lot. We all make promises, big and small, tested over time and distance, tried by circumstances and decisions. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to bear true faith and allegiance. To help you when you're in need. To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. To be considerate and caring, courageous and strong. For better. For worse. In sickness and in health. To love and cherish. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Hey guys, welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. I'm your buddy Eric with my buddy Doug Bitson. All right, so great to hear from from Lou. Great information, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, what's your week look? I know you're you're still busy doing some, some more classes. What's up? I'm actually uh, free for the week. I'm trying to um, square away the remaining online exams for the Coast Guard Auxiliary Operation Device, and once that's taken care of. My status in the auxiliary will be uh, moved up from basically qualified to um, advanced status. And in order to get that, all Coast Guard auxiliary members have to pass all the um, online uh, six exams. And let me tell you, getting a 90 or higher on each exam is not easy. Yeah, is that what you're getting? Yes, yes, sir. What's yeah. crazy is that I almost passed it yesterday online and I got an 86. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no right there. But one of the cool things about the um, each exam is that there's no um, um, limited tries. You get two hours of uh, taking the test each time, and there's no guarantee you'll get the same uh, questions each time. But the crazy part is some of the questions that they're asking aren't even in the manual, 
And the trick is, I don't have to necessarily get all 50 of them, right? If I can get 45 of them, at least, that's a 90 right there. Yeah. So are you going to go on your 86, or are you going to try to take it again and get, get a better score? I'm going to try again today, you know, when I when I get when I have some free time. Yeah. I try, you know, one time after breakfast, a little bit after lunch, and right before I go to sleep. So you're just in there taking the test over and over? I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, there's a point where I want to give up and I get a little discouraged. I say, no, 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 man. I'm not giving up yet. I've come this far. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, I'm sure you're learning more and more as you're taking the test as well, right? Oh, yes. And as one of the new member trainers for the auxiliary, I want to be as sharp as I can be. And as soon as I contact the former um, member trainer, I want to let him know, you know, the, the legacy is in good hands, and I want to also let my superiors know that they made the right decision when they picked me to be the new member trainer. All right. Well, look forward to hearing an update on that. And uh, before we let everybody go, um, just want to let you know uh, we're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Podbean, and all the places where you get your podcasts. And also, we have our YouTube channel. It's uh, Walk and Roll Live, obviously. You can check us out there. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking with Bob Babbitt. He is from CAF, or the Challenge Athletes Foundation. So we're going to learn all about them and what they do next week. And a couple of things I wanted to mention real quick is a couple of hashtags that I've been using for the last year or two. Ability looks like me. Hashtag ability looks like me. And also, of course, hashtag Walk and Roll Live. So if you do anything on social media, please use those. Or if you want to find out about what we're doing, I push put those hashtags on everything. So if you search those, you'll be able to uh, kind of keep up with what the show is doing. And before we go, also got to mention Aguiar Professional Training. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, it means a lot to us. All right. Anything before we go you want to share? All right, folks. As we go through yet another round's worth of rain, be careful driving in the rain. Be sure to stay dry and warm and take care of yourself and each other. Take Pretty care, cool. folks. Hey, you know, uh, w- one last thing. I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be on Live to Roll today. They're doing a President's Day slash kind of a polio version. And so, uh, you know, of course, FDR was our president who had polio. So uh, we're going to be just chatting about those kind of things. So that's about now. <laughs> it's, it's weird when you do these podcast and you record them ahead of time but it's going to be uh dropping at about 3 30 live on youtube live to roll um but if you're catching this later you can go back and check it on their page and check it out and also they're on spotify as well live to roll all right so uh thanks for tuning in and uh, we will see you next week have a good week all right Doug, good luck i'll be sure to catch the show Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at facebook.com slash walkandrolllive. You can email us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.